Hey, what's up, everybody? Sean here, and I just want to drop a quick note before the episode gets started. Um, unfortunately, we tried something new on this episode by means of recording the entire um, audio with Discord. And sadly, my internet was really, really messed up that night, apparently, and a lot of my audio got trashed. Just super choppy and cutting out a lot in times. And because I handled most of the heavy lifting for the main stories, I actually have gone through and had to re-record my parts of the storytelling. So if you notice the audio sounding a little more jacked up than normal, it's just because the internet connection, for whatever reason, was really messed up. So about the first 15 minutes of the show is going to sound a little off in places, but nothing too important was missed. And once we get into the main story, my audio will be much clearer, but it will sound a little different as far as production quality goes. I left Preston's alone, as well as his cousin Ken, who joined us on this episode, and I kept in their responses to some of the stories that we covered as well to keep things as genuine and authentic as they were when we first recorded. So any hoozle, sorry about the episode dropping a little later than normal. But without further ado, please enjoy our prelude to Tunnel Dwelling Monsters. Coming at you from the 37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal. My name is Sean, and I'm incredibly excited because A, I have new glasses, and B, I've got brand new house shoes to wear while I record podcasts, so now my feet no longer feel like those of a corpse. This is episode 313. With me, as always, is America's favorite 10-year-old birthday boy, Preston. How are you, buddy? What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocodiles and crocodingos, you skeletor, skeletons, witchers and witches and whatever the fuck else you want to be? I'm 10. I made it this far <laughs> in life, and if I live another 42 years, I'll be 21. And uh, Daddy went to the gun range today, fired <laughs> off a 1911 Colt uh, and uh, a uh, Ruger uh, 9mm and uh, a uh, AR-15. And uh, I had fun. Now, the, the 45 did some damage to my handicap wrist, and I'm feeling it right now. But, uh, you Ooh. know, I'm like three or four beers in. So, holy crap. Holy crap, yeah. apples, buddy. Well, don't break your other wrist because I can't handle you having two gimpy hands. Yeah. Well, on this special episode, um, you know, it was nice because we got to record on my birthday, and so it's appropriate to record on your birthday. And we couldn't celebrate alone, so we got a special guest with us right above me. In this very Brady Bunch sort of fashion, we have little Kenny Poo, Preston's very own cousin, America's sweetheart. So excited! What's up, man? Good Welcome, Kenny. Thank you. So excited <laughs> to be here. This is a uh, quite an honor for the Leaper. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, man. The Leaper. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Ken, you reached out, man, because you apparently got Preston fun gift. And uh, you wanted him to open it on the show. So should we chat a bit or should he open it first? And then should we chat a bit? What do you think? Well, let's, let's chat just for a few minutes and then uh, we'll have him do the, do the honors and, and then we'll go from there. 
Well, on this episode, um, we have to chat a little bit about leap years. And um, Preston, you're you're 10 years old. So talk about that a little bit. What's it like to be like the same age as Kevin from Home Alone 2? Uh, well, you know, growing up, uh, in, in a family as big as ours, um, fucking cheap bastards, uh, nobody ever did anything unless it was a leap year. So like, you know, mom and dad, wow. like we didn't have a big birthday dinner, um, unless this was an actual leap year and, uh, that tradition has carried on to my adult life. So it's like, look, if it's not the actual 29th, <laughs> fuck off, you don't get a birthday. So, but, uh, you know, it's cool. Not everybody's born on the the 29th. There's hardly any of us out there. So it does make it that much more special. So, you know, fuck all you regular people with your regular birthdays. Uh, (laughs) I look pretty good for 10. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, man. It's kind of like, it's it's kind of like the reverse of dog years. Yeah. (laughs) You're fucking Benjamin Button. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah. Well, Ken, you put together a couple fun facts about leap years, so man, why don't you get into it? Share your wisdom. I will. So anyway, leap year uh, was started by Julius Caesar in the Julian calendar in 46 BCE. But over time, I think he put too many leap years in and it kind of jacked it up. So in 1582, uh, Pope Gregory uh, came up with a new calendar, the Gregorian. And that's what we're using today as we speak for leap year. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And so um, leap year babies have, uh, and this is a new one for me, they refer to them as leapers or leaplings. And I think in Preston's case, I'm going to. Yeah, you know what? I've never heard, I've never, I've never heard that before until like uh, today, actually, as I was getting on Facebook (laughs) and everybody's like, happy birthday to all you leapers out there. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Is this like is this millennial talk now? Is that what we leapers? I, I think this I think it's been around, but what's interesting is in the US in uh Anthony, New Mexico and Anthony, Texas, they seem to be the capital of, of leap years. And I think as we speak, they're they're partying big time. Shit, yeah. I oh, think it's yeah. funny that they call them leapers and everyone treats Preston like a leper. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, but I, I think I think yeah. uh, leap leapers is pretty good. I I could see like Preston a business name or hey hey I'm Preston. Welcome to Leapers. We got a big sale going on. <laughs> we got a big sale on unitards today, folks. <laughs> yeah, and thongs. Hey, uh, come back half off. <laughs> come back in four years. I'll give you one hell of a deal. Every four years, one <laughs> yeah. hell of a deal. Every every four years, off everything <laughs> in the store. Twenty five percent off, right? Yeah. Right. So. Um, you know, it, it, it is a rarity to, to be born on Leap Day. So mm-hmm. in worldwide, there's only about 4 million uh, leapers in the world. In the U.S., according to Social Security, uh, <laughs> one in every 1,461 is a leaper. Holy shit. And, which is about 363,000 people in the U.S. So Preston, you're in some, uh, yeah. you're some good company. I mean, I had I no guess. idea... My family yeah. was so, woo. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, it was Whoa, prestigious, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They yeah. say you can tell a lot about yourself by the company that you keep. Exactly. Yeah. I hope that you feel, uh, you know, all the times that uh, you guys, you know, stripped me down to my undies and shoved me in an ice cooler and set on the lid. <clears throat> I hope you feel fucking guilty about that now. I don't. Oh, you deserve it. <laughs> high class, baby. High class. 
<laughs> now, a little backfill on that for you, Sean, just so mm-hmm. you understand, mm-hmm. and the listeners mm-hmm. out there. He came at us with a fist, and he somehow come up with golf tees, and you know, basically made it look like this, and had a fistful of golf tees. It's a fucking dollar store Wolverine. I know. Whoops, I had a fuck yeah, it was. <laughs> so he, um, yeah, he uh, he paid the price. Just like I got a technical thing here. Sorry. Anyway. Um, but the last one, the last interesting thing I found, and I think this is going to be a good segue for a future show for you guys, because this is right up your alley. On this day, uh, in, eight, in 1692, uh, the Salem trial started and the first warrants were issued Holy on this day. Wow. 1692. That's a fact I never knew about. Oh, well, wow. We really fucked up on this show. Yeah, I know. This could have too, been bad again. Which show? too bad we didn't uh, figure this out about two weeks ago, but I was yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we but came hey, today to talk yeah. about monsters and tunnels. <laughs> well, you can, you can cover all that, but this is something down the road that uh, yeah. maybe in a few weeks you can come back and have a little okay. uh, retro leapers. But that's interesting. Well, uh, that was a, I just found that a little while ago, and I, I was... I was shocked. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, you called me earlier and told me that, and I was like, well, holy shit, we've yet to talk about Salem witch trials before. Um, so that's a pretty cool fact, and we'll oh, yeah, have you that's... back on and, and chat about that with us, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's right for guys' alley. It'll be perfect. Fuck yeah. And it, and it's on Leap Day. That's what's even yeah, better. Look at that. I mean, extra birthday present. Well, I found out a couple more facts about Leap Year's. A gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> right, kind of like herpes. <laughs> um so apparently, you know, one solar year, the time it takes the Earth to go around the sun, takes 365 days. But apparently it takes a little more than that. Actually, five more hours, 48 more minutes, and 46 more seconds. So every eh, four years we have to accommodate for those extra hours, and that's why we have that extra day built into leap year as well. But another fun fact is, um, you know, we are a podcast that does enjoy imbibing in alcoholic uh, beverages. Apparently, if you were to turn 18 on a leap year birthday, so you're February 29th and you're going to turn eight, uh, 21, rather, uh, you can't drink until March 1st. So if you're the kind of person that celebrates your birthday on February 28th, you can't legally have your first drink until the next day. Sucks to be you, nerd. Also, I guess um, when YouTube kind of first rolled out, a lot of people who had leap year birthdays got really just kind of screwed over because if you registered your birthday as February 29th, YouTube actually flagged you as being a bot and would shut down your account or at least restrict you to using certain features of the app. But perhaps the most egregious birthday slap in the face came from Toys R Us. Because apparently back in the early 2000s, your parents could register you to get a birthday card from Jeffrey the Giraffe, Toys R Us' very own mascot. But if you were a leap year baby, for whatever reason, it screwed up the coding and the algorithm in the program, and you would never get your birthday card because your birthday was on that one specific time of year that fell out of the system. So you're probably one super sad five-year-old. Fuck you, Jeffrey the Giraffe, you piece of shit. Couldn't remember my birthday. <laughs> yep. But, Preston, you know who did remember your birthday? Your dear cousin, Ken. So. I think with further ado, wow, let's yeah. let's open. Now, just one thing before you get into it there. This could possibly be some Pixel Paranormal uh, merchandise. Mm. 
I'm just telling you it, it again. It, it goes right in with the you know the Salem trial warrants. It's right there. <laughs> Does it? Is oh, it going to yeah. warrant him to be on some kind of list when he opens this on camera? It might be. Oh, <laughs> but I think it's oh. going to be a great oh. addition to the office back there, right next to the gnome. <laughs> so can uh, I say that I, I that Sean, Sean and I were talking off air before I actually opened this? Does this not look very dildo shapeish? Mm-hmm. You just you just gotta open it, and and when you open it, take it out of the box and take it out of the plastic so we can all see it. Yeah, I'm telling you, this right. this it is jiggled. this it's it's classic. It really and I'd is. I'd like to say I'd like to say technically anything could be used as a dildo. I mean, oh, this yeah. giant life size alien behind me technically could be oh, yeah. rubbed on. I imagine exactly. Vegetable, so whatever you got on the box, it does say dildo. Oh, it does. Wow. Now that I didn't read that in the description. That's interesting. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh, this might have yeah, been. Yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. Am I telling you? Is that it or is that it, dude? Look at that. Skulls. What the fuck little, is that? <laughs> yeah, like little skull head <laughs> dildo. Yeah. Man, I wish I would have had this for our uh, last episode, <laughs> late night episode. When you were talking about the golden vibrator, I could have been like, uh, I know. So, amazing. Amazing. Skulls. Can you believe it? Who would have thought of that? Man. And it's got the suction cup, so I don't have to worry about falling off the desk. You know? Exactly. I love it too much. Everybody see it from there? Not really. Oh, outstanding. It's a, little, it's a little dark. You might want to put it up front for just for the show. For Yeah. Just talk into it like your microphone. Exactly. Yes. Good. Good job, John. I'll hold it right here the whole entire time. I'll get it super close just for you guys. Amazing. You know, it is very, very similar to our logo. If that thing had like a microphone for the top of the skull, we might have to mark it. I'm telling you, it's kind of it's kind of a red color, isn't it? Well, I'm colorblind. It's technicolor. I mean, you're talking to two idiots who can't see colors. Yeah, we're. we're, Yeah. Oh, that's right. uh, Yeah, we're handy capable. Well, the important thing is got skulls. And so yeah. it, it 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 can work as office art, you know, decor. Yeah, yeah. It 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 could. You're very right. And people might look at it and say, "Well, you know, it kind of looks like a dildo, <laughs> but not, but it's got the skull." I, you know, the the last time I saw you when I brought you that uh, rainbow dick lollipop, I feel like we're even. Oh even yes, payback. I forgot yeah. about that. I yeah. forgot about uh, that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you didn't hear about that, yeah. did you? Sean? And this is, you know, I did actually. Had my right hand's broken. <laughs> I just... I, this actually feels this feels awkward now. So this is what this feels good. This is normal. This <laughs> this is how we rock and roll. I'm imagining how you can use that to soften the blow of shooting a 45 next time. Like you just hold it against your wrist. <laughs> you're shooting. Yeah. You're shooting a shotgun. Yeah. You just put it in your armpit. Hold on. <laughs> or you know, you yeah. can just put it somewhere, press it, and take your mind off the other pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, what a go. very thoughtful gift! Oh, I can use this to point at guests. Like you're getting lippy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get out the that could, like you could break. Don't make me break out the skulls. Yeah, or you know, next yeah. time you're at lodge, if you ever have to hold counsel, you can be like, "Hey, that could be your sword." <laughs> yeah, that could yeah, be Tyler's yeah. sword. Tyler, so, my Tyler's <laughs> sword. You're right. It's yeah. a gift that keeps on giving. Amazing. Well, they see that and say, "I'm sorry, Mr. Gill," and I'll walk away. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> before the call, uh, before you joined us, Ken Preston kind of shook it and he's like, This is gonna be some kind of Sasquatch flashlight, and you were not far off. 
Oh, that's terrific. Oh, Amazon's a beautiful place. I saw that and I was like, oh, yes, that's it. That is so it. <laughs> Thus starts Preston's very first dildo of his dildo collection. Oh, yeah, there's more. There's going to be more. We got yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Hey, there's so many more. Yeah. It's coming, baby. We need to get a P.O. box and listeners can just send them in. Oh, like a little, like, little elf face dildos. Mm-hmm. I think we've just started like a, a new thing. You know, we mm-hmm. got, he's a leaper now for, for official. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've dubbed, we've dubbed him that or a leaper. He's, whatever. He's a leaper and a creeper now. Yeah. Yes. That's it. I like leaper because it's, it, it just sounds like a, like a store for that stuff. Hey, mm-hmm. welcome to leapers. Welcome to leapers. He could, wait, welcome to leapers. Get in here right now. <laughs> We're going crazy with sales. <laughs> <laughs> wacky waving flailing arm flailing uh, dildo man hey now you, at, after the show or tomorrow Preston you gotta show that to your mother I gotta I wish I could be there for that oh yes hey, she'll appreciate Silver it Fox, look, what, look what your nephew got me for my birthday and she seems to be what is it well mom this is a rubber penis <laughs> it's not a worse than the penis rainbow colored sucker I got uh, well, Presto, you asked me a few weeks back about diving into underground monsters, specifically like mole people. And so we decided to do a series of shows covering subterranean terrors and tunnel dwellers. Well, sadly, I didn't find anything much, if anything at all, about cryptids like mole people, other than a terrific amount of information about homeless and unhoused people who live under large cities like New York, like inside the sewer systems. But that's not to say that there wasn't also a whole lot of information about other creeps and monsters living underground, especially inside tunnels. And while I was looking for stories about creeps and critters that live underground, I decided to do a news story search to see if there was anything recent that had to do with underground tunnels or digging and stuff like that. And lo and behold, the news story gods shine their ever-loving light upon me, and I found a bunch of really cool stuff to start tonight's episode with. In fact, a whole batch of news stories to kick off the entire topic in itself. So first off, a Melvern Hills couple named Emma and Reese made an interesting discovery recently while remodeling their kitchen. While pulling up some old flooring, they discovered a 20-foot deep water well hidden beneath their kitchen floor, neatly sealed underneath an old tile. In a video the couple took to document the discovery, Reese has been filmed lifting the floorboard to reveal a hidden latch that covers the floor underneath tiles. Emma and Reese think their secret water well was originally built along with the house back in 1897, which makes it about 126 years old. Apparently, the well had unfortunately been boarded over by the previous owners, so it wasn't on display during the initial home inspection, nor was it listed as a feature that came with the property. But they also filmed themselves using a coffee mug tied to a long piece of string to measure how deep does that well go. And apparently it went down about 20 feet. When asked what they planned to do with their newfound hole in their kitchen floor, Emma said that hopefully they're going to put a string of lights all the way down so you can see right to the very bottom of the well. Then they plan to seal it off with a clear glass top that you can walk over 
strong enough to support any weight so that guests can look down into the hole for themselves. And they said they think it's going to make a great feature for their new kitchen. They plan on doing the renovation and the sealing of the hole themselves, so they expect it could take a couple years. So anyway, that begs the question, what do you think, Presto? What do you do when you're renovating your house and you come across a giant hole in your kitchen floor? You fucking go in it. That's what you do. You you get the lights, you get whatever, and then you get in that bad boy and you hit those walls and you discover. Fuck yeah. And I also don't think anybody involved in that house or that story ever watched the film Amityville 3D because that movie is entirely about a family that moves into a haunted house that has a well in the basement that has a demon inside that basically tears everybody apart and possesses their souls. Well, speaking of holes in your kitchen floors, back on January 5th of this year, a 71-year-old Brazilian man named Joao Pimento de Silva died after falling into a hole that he had dug in his kitchen in the floor in his home in Minas Gerais. Now, how deep was the hole that reportedly killed the man? Well, Mr. Pimenta had dug a staggering three-foot-wide, 130-foot-deep hole beneath the kitchen floor of his house in search of buried treasure, and then he accidentally plummeted into the chasm where he died. The unfortunate incident had actually begun sometime over a year ago when Pimenta had had what he described a prophetic dream wherein a spirit had told him about a huge amount of gold that had been buried underneath his house and it could be found if he began to dig a hole in his kitchen floor. The man was so convinced by the experience that he woke up and started digging right away and over the next year, Pimenta poured his life savings into the pursuit of the fabled gold, which included selling his other properties in order to buy the proper equipment, hire the proper workers, and to fund the entire operation as he dug for the treasure. Now, initially, while working on the project by himself, the work became too much, and so he started hiring workers to help him on the project. The workers started off earning about $70 a day while helping him dig for the excavation but that rate rose to a whopping $500 a day per person as the hole got deeper and deeper and the pit ultimately reached an astounding 130 feet deep until one day when they reached a large rock that stopped the dig dead in its tracks and left Pimenta considering the use of dynamite to continue the project. Now, as neighbors understandably expressed concern over the project, of him using explosives in the excavation, but before their fears could come to fruition, tragedy had struck. Now it's believed that he was sitting on a repurposed children's swing made out of wood while attempting to remove mud and water from the hole by himself. When the swing began teetering back and forth, he suddenly slipped on the wooden board and plunged 130 feet down into the tunnel to his death. This, of course, is the equivalent of dropping about 12 stories down to solid ground. I mean, it's like that uh it's like that story of that cave in Kentucky that they found in like the early 1800s and um they were they they're like they find like this like they go inside the cave and then it opens up and there's like this this huge chasm and it's like pitch black and so they were like drop a rock down it 
and like they wouldn't hear like it hit anything and they're like this is the it's so hot and the the rock never hits this is the pit of hell right here and then somebody like you know try to tie a rope to it and they're like it just like disappears and they're like it's the deepest goddamn thing in the universe and then like 1920 rolls around somebody gets a light down there and they're like no because it was full of fucking bat shit uh so it was guano and that's why you didn't hear the rocks and it just swallowed up everything and so you know you could fall to your death or you could fall into a pile of bat shit well, I definitely think a giant pile of bat shit was a whole lot softer than falling on a rock at the bottom of that 130-foot hole. Anyway, continuing on the do-it-yourself tunnel here, a woman in Hendon, Virginia, has recently gained internet fame for documenting an unusual underground DIY home project where she's currently digging a tunnel 22 feet beneath her property, which she's apparently been working on now for about two years. She's fucking going John Rambo on that. The woman known as Kayla became TikTok famous when she started to post videos documenting her DIY project on her personal TikTok account at engineer.everything. And now she's garnered over 550 followers on her channel. Her videos have several thousands of views, some even having upwards of millions. One of the most recent videos, which has nearly 1 million views, last time we checked, was posted on February 10th, where in the video she explained that she had actually received a stop work order back in December of 2023, which required her to apply for an official permit and ordered her to have a certified engineering assessment to ensure her home and the property, including the structure of the tunnel, was safe in itself, because I guess she was potentially violating the Uniform Statewide Building Code for structures within the town limits. She said the engineering assessment is particularly important, because I wasn't supposed to occupy the basement until it was determined to be safe. And after that, she received the official assessment, apparently, and the report concluded the structure of the tunnel was indeed sufficient enough to support the rock, and the rock itself is stable enough and shows no sign of shifting, thus her work is accepted. Now, Kayla said that she also worked with an architect to submit a set of drawings for the permit application. She said, I'm still working to respond to comments and to provide information for the city for the electrical, the mechanical, the plumbing, the structural, and geotechnical aspects of the project. But at this time, I actually had to request an extension because I'm expecting the process to continue for at least a month or more. But I'm optimistic. And giving her credit where credit's due, she has been laying all the rebar herself and doing all the electrical work, which, while it's very impressive could actually still be dangerous. And apparently she didn't bother telling her neighbors about the sudden subterranean hobby either. And when asked, one of her neighbors named Rosie Hernandez said she's lived in the neighborhood now for about three years and never heard anything about Kayla doing any of her DIY projects only a few houses away. Rosie said she hasn't ever noticed any actual machinery being taken down in or out of the house, so she never had a clue that her neighbor was tunneling underneath the neighborhood. Well, that's because Kayla's doing all this work on her own. It's incredibly impressive, but she's actually using a series of buckets and pulleys and analog concrete mixers to mix, pour, and carry the concrete that she has to pour. And she's also setting all the cinder blocks herself, laying all the mortar and concrete as well. So all in all, 
pretty damn impressive. I I got like five acres. Let's build a tunnel. Well, like I said, presto, my search for mole people didn't really return with any hits. Save for one. One little story about a guy named William Little. Or it could have been Lytle. Anyway, his nickname is actually the Mole Man of Hackney. William Little, originally from Ireland, inherited a 20-room property in the London borough of Hackney back in the mid-60s. Well, after getting the property, he dug out a wine cellar underneath the house, and having done so pretty successfully, he said he found a taste for the thing and kept on digging for some 40 years. During the digging project, he created several different tunnels, varying in width, going in all different directions, some going as far down as 26 feet, some of them nearly 60 feet long in length and reaching as far down as the water table below the property. One excavation even connected with the Dalston Lane Tunnel, and another actually reached a railway line. Now, what's impressive here is that Little did all the digging on his own using a series of complex pulleys and buckets to actually dig out and dump the excess clay and dirt. Now, where did he dump all this, you ask? Well, first he started emptying the buckets into his garden, and once that took all the space he had up in his garden area, he started dumping excess clay and dirt into the spare rooms on the property. Through the project, the home itself fell into disrepair, and ultimately it was deemed unlivable. His work also attracted complaints from neighbors when sinkholes began to appear in the pavement in the neighborhood, and once in a while he was known to even hit and disrupt water lines and even power supplies during the project. One local pub even expressed concern that their cellar could collapse in any minute into one of Little's tunnels. Serious complaints to Hackenberry Council may have started around the turn of the century, leading to inspections, but at first, no firm action was ever taken. But because of the state of the house and how it fallen into such disrepair, complaints led to ultrasound inspections, thus deeming the house was unlivable in 2006. Surveyors estimate that residents known locally Surveyors estimate that the resident known locally as the Mole Man had scooped nearly 100 cubic meters of earth from beneath the roads and houses surrounding his 20-room property. He said that he used to joke that he... Oh. One local neighbor joked that they expected him to pop up in their kitchen at any given moment. Another neighbor said, We moved in about six years ago, and we've been complaining to the council ever since. Until about six weeks ago, they had the audacity to tell us that the house we lived in was structurally sound. The whole of the opposite street lost power one day after Lytle managed to hit a 450-volt cable, thus taking out the power to one side of the neighborhood. When journalists asked why he excavated tunnels, Lytle just replied, I'm a man who just loves to dig. I love digging holes, so that's what I do. A dig hole. And that he just wanted to keep digging a bigger basement. He also said, There's a great beauty in inventing things that serve no purpose. Well, Lytle was dubbed the Mole Man of Hackney. Well, Lytle was dubbed the Mole Man of Hackney by the local press and sadly was evicted in 2006. 
where Hackney Borough Council then turned to filling in the tunnels with aerated concrete to build back up the to build back up the structure under the neighborhood. He contested the decision in court and returned to his home for a short period of time, but then again in 2008, the High Court of Justice ordered that Lytle cover the cost of the council and what they had spent to make the property structurally safe, a total they fined him of nearly 293,000 pounds. That's roughly $380,000. And with all the damages and all the court-ordered fines, Lytle never paid a penny. Well, the guy probably didn't have that. After court and after being evicted from his own property, he moved into a hotel for about three years before then being rehoused into an apartment building in which he lived in a high rise on the top floor, thus deterring him from doing any more digging. Sadly, he died of natural causes in 2010 at the age of 79. Some 33 tons of soil and debris were removed from Lytle's former garden area and the property itself, as well as three wrecked cars and a boat. Later in 2012, the property was sold for 1.1 million pounds, and in 2020, the house had been renovated by the architect known as David Ajay to form a home for a studio artist named Sue Webster. But anyway, that concludes all I could find about mole people. Look, I'm only going to give you partial credit on this story. Now, when I said mole men, you know, we're talking about guys that are like half mole, half men creatures. (laughs) But you got close because it was his nickname. And I know it was a tough topic. So I'm going to give you a C minus. Well, now I gotta ask you guys, you ever find yourselves walking around a noisy city street, maybe in a big old city or maybe just in the small town you grew up in, and you happen to glance over just in time to notice a manhole slowly settling back over the hole, or maybe catch a glimpse of something peering at you through the storm drain? Well, no, dear friends and listeners, your eyes may not have deceived you. You see... There's something dangerous lurking underneath our feet, lurking in the tunnels beneath us. So join us now on this episode as we begin our dive into the terrifying world of tunnel-dwelling monsters. So imagine, if you will, a warm summer's day in August of 1978 in Toronto, where a local man has an experience with a creature so bizarre it would forever change his life. 51-year-old Ernest, a soft-spoken man, married to his wife of 19 years, were together the raising a litter of kittens. Well, one afternoon, one of the kittens apparently disappears, and Ernest decides to search for it in the vicinity of the local area near Parliament Street near their apartment. Well, while looking for the wayward kitten, he stumbles upon an opening to a dark, cave-like entrance to a tunnel located at the bottom of a narrow passageway between the building where he lives and the apartments next door. So armed only with his trusty flashlight, he decided to crawl inside to see if maybe the wayward kitten had stumbled inside and gotten lost, 
you know, as oftentimes kittens do. But after he had made his way inside the tunnel, approximately 10 feet or so inside, he says he encountered a living nightmare that he'll never forget. Standing in front of Ernest, illuminated by his flashlight beam, was a creature that he described as long and thin, built almost like a monkey. It was around three feet tall, and he guessed the thing was probably about 30 pounds. Its body covered with gray, slate-colored fur, and his head, this is the part that really oh, scarred him. Canadians, you just saw a cave squatch. Get the fuck over yourself. Get out of here. Hey, we, we have a Canadian you know watching right now in the if comments. Yeah, well, you know what? If you didn't drink milk out of, like, plastic bags, maybe you wouldn't be afraid of a fucking Sasquatch in a cave. What are you okay? That's all I'm saying. He, he, he's not Canadian. He just talks like it. You think so? <laughs> well, what's up, Jeremy? Anyway, Jeremy M. watching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the head of this thing is what really scarred Ernest. He said it had a large set of eyes that set deep, recessed into their sockets that were slanted in shape and seemed to almost be glowing back at him with this red-orange iridescence. And below those eyes sat a big, gaping mouth full of large, sharp teeth. And just as suddenly as he stumbled upon the weird monkey demon, he said that much to his surprise, the creature actually spoke to him, growling out the words, Go away! Go away! in a voice that almost sounded like a hiss. You people are too nice in Canada. Get the fuck out of my hole. <laughs> Don't drink milk out of cartons like normal people. <laughs> Get your cat off my lawn. Then suddenly, the creature took off and scuttled down a long, dark tunnel that jutted off the side of the main entrance that Ernest himself was still standing in. Ernest took that as his cue to GTFO and get the hell out of Dodge as fast as he could, shaking with fear. Being afraid that people might think that he was a drunk or maybe even worse off, maybe crazy, Ernest never approached the media with the story, feeling as though nobody would believe him anyway if he did. But that's okay because most of the time, as well we know by now, these stories have their own ways of making themselves publicly known. And soon after the event, the Toronto-area newspaper known as The Sun found Ernest after hearing about his experience from a reliable contact who worked with a relative of Ernest's who just happened to be one of the few people that Ernest shared the story with. And so Ernest agreed to tell his tale, but only if his last name never be revealed. And when asked whether she believed her husband's wild claims or not about the subterranean terror... Ernest's wife, Barbara, said that she believed Ernie saw exactly what he says he did. He was terrified when he came back to the apartment, and he doesn't scare easy. She said, look, he's been known to have a few drinks in the past, like most people, and occasionally even tie one on. But he's not drunk, and he wasn't drinking at all that day. The Toronto Sun went on to question some of Ernest's relatives and neighbors. You could have you done like a Southern Bell act accent on that one could have spiced it up a little bit no i'm all southern build out man try uh yeah. talking about getting pegged by a frog as you do a southern bell accent i'm all I think dried Chris up i gonna get pegged later i believe er <laughs> i believe ernest saw exactly what he said he did 
I mean, he drinks, but he ain't no drunk son of a bitch, you know what I'm saying? And anyways, I mean, it was a fucking devil monkey. Like, you could have just, you know, you could have just jazzed it up a little bit. That was like southern Mississippi, and this takes place in Canada. Give it another shot. Give me your best um, I mean, Canadian Bell accent. I, you know, what's this a boot? I don't know. I can't do. I can't do. I can't do Canadian <laughs> speak. But I'm. You're teetering. Yeah, you're teetering. You you were. You're getting close to like a B plus, and because of that performance, I'm gonna have to knock you down to a B minus. You know. Well, the Toronto Sun went on to question some of Ernest's relatives and neighborhood acquaintances, and they were surprised to find that everybody agreed and supported Barbara's evaluation of her husband. Then around seven months later, in March of 1979, Ernest, along with a few staff members from The Sun, returned to the location of the strange sighting, where surprisingly, they found the corpse of a small cat half-buried a few feet inside the tunnel. The sad discovery of the cat, whether it was his missing kitten or not, suddenly reminded Ernest of something else. He remembered hearing strange noises like animals in pain oftentimes along with his wife. The sounds, of course, emanating from the tunnel prior to the frightening encounter. Ernest showed the Sun reporter exactly where he saw the strange being and where it disappeared down an adjacent passage. And they discovered that the adjacent tunnels seemed to drop down very quickly and go a long ways farther back. So it's speculated that the tunnel, in fact, led to the sewer system and that the entranceway beside Ernest's apartment may have been an access point used by the creature to go to the surface. And on an unrelated note, additional safety concerns later prompted the Toronto Sewer Department to thoroughly inspect the tunnel as it was feared that area children may, in fact, try to enter it. So as an interesting epilogue to Ernest's story, as strange as it was, sewer employees didn't ridicule or scoff at it at all, according to reports made by Toronto's Sun newspaper. One worker who was quoted in the paper said that people who work on the surface just don't know what it's like down there. It's a whole different world. Who would have thought a few years ago that people would live in sewers, and yet that's exactly what they found in New York a few years back. Another worker was quoted as saying, I don't know what Ernest saw down there, but I'll tell you one thing. If we could get in there, I sure as hell wouldn't want to go down there alone. So what exactly was it that Ernest ran into in that tunnel? Well, no one really knows, but one thing that we can say for sure is this story is a great place to open a fantastic series on underground tunnel dwelling monsters. I, I was just curious if any of the uh, tunnel things have, might have tentacles or anything. Mm. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I've got a pretty awesome book that we covered several years ago on the show when we first started out called Paranormal Mysteries of Eurasia. And there's actually some stories that took place in the Soviet Union of them running into creatures that had tentacles. Um, some of the, um, you know, um, etheric in nature, almost like they were just like reaching out of like the darkness themselves, not really attached to anything. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about some tentacles and some other stuff like that for sure. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Your turn, Preston. Presto, honey. Did you have something to add? <laughs> do I need to, do I need to raise my hand before I speak? Yes. I think from now on, you got to use a speaking staff. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's kind of this ongoing conspiracy, and I haven't really deep dived into it yet, but it has to deal with like in the like late 1700s, early 1800s, there was something that went on kind of worldwide where you have a bunch of cities that are now basically like getting covered up by like this giant mudslide. And then mm -hmm. if you look past that time point, like this city was founded and these are the founding fathers of this mm -hmm. city or whatever. But then if you dig deep enough in the current cities, you can actually find streets and all this stuff going on. And technically that's what they use as to tie into the sewer systems. So is it that whatever happened, you you get a group of isolated people that are kind of mm -hmm. now locked underground and they're able to survive X amount of years. And then now we're just flushing our shit down there. And then hundred years in the future, they're like fucking mutated. And cause technically they've evolved a little bit. They've had to adapt to not, you know, having sunlight and basically smelling our shit all day. So is that how we got mm -hmm. Canadian Gollum? Reminds me of a similar plot point to a 1984 film called Chud, which stood for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Um, I don't know, man. Who knows? You know, we have tales of giant alligators and rats under New York, you know, subway systems in the sewers and stuff like that. So God only knows the kind of shit that we flush, right? It's kind of like an underground uh, Montauk project in a way. Ken, we got all sorts of stuff, dude. We got tentacles. We got trolls. We got Bigfoot-like creatures. We got all sorts of weird shit, man. So if you're not doing anything for the next couple weeks on Thursday nights, feel free to jump in. Yeah, talking stick now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on Instagram, give us a follow. We are at PXL Paranormal. Facebook, we are the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. We're everywhere you can find podcasts. Please, if you're on Apple Music, give us a rating and review, especially over last week's episode, Late Nights Volume 6. That was a hell of a lot of fun. So the fact that Sean played a, a princess who shot a frog out of his pussy, I, would, I could have swore somebody would have banned us and red flagged us, but uh, apparently you freaks like that. So thank you. We appreciate that. Preston, where are we at on YouTube, man? What are we up to? Uh, 213 subscribers. So 213. Well, I think you really undershot that. Oh, no, count. hold on. It's your birthday. No, 213 videos. We're uh, 305 <laughs> subscribers now. So. Hell yeah. Gained one more yeah. since last time. It was really the frog cooch that brought him Look, in. Here's the thing, buddy. Like, mm -hmm. I had that, uh, that, that broil boil plate with the snow crabs, and they're like, what do you, what do you, sauce level what do you want do you want a mild medium hot extra hot and i said mm -hmm. fuck that extra hot it's my birthday you know and then they're just like brought it out and i'm like oh shit this is extra hot and i'm like i need a beer mm -hmm. i need mm -hmm. a beer i need a beer and then i got home and then my buddy had brought me a growler of something i'm like well i can't not not drink something on the show so then i filled this fucking <laughs> monstrosity up <laughs> so and then I'm just overwhelmed with this. So I have a lot uh -huh. going on right now. <laughs> Sounds like a heck of a birthday, but you, you know, two thirteen, three oh five. You know what? <laughs> Fucking Rumble. We're not not past twenty subscribers. So apparently the 
fucking right ringer conspiracy nuts didn't like frog pussy last week. I don't know. Anyways, we're making headway on some platforms. Oh, all the things. All the things. I don't get it, man. You, you, know. you know, you think Hillary's a, a fucking lizard person. You think they drink adrenochrome, but you draw the now line. Now that everyone knows he's a leaper, too. So that's right, right there is going to bring yeah. him in. Yeah. I'm a leaper, mom. Yes. I'm a leaper. Look, everybody, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the best damn beard possible, if your cousin sent you a dildo in the shape of like 10 skulls, if you're a leaper, if your life's a mess, you know what? <laughs> Go over to BigDobsBeerBomb.com. You can pick yourself up some scents like Bay Rum, Fresh, Citrus, Mint, Sweet Tobacco, Classic. I mean, he's probably not going to fix the, you know, fix the rest of your problems. You're still going to be wondering why you're holding a, you know, 10-inch skull dildo in your hand. You're probably wondering why people are calling you a leaper or a leper. But your beard's going to look good. It's going to smell good. It's going to be fucking soft. So what I'm really trying to tell you is do yourself a favor. Go over to Dobbs. Use the fucking promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. That is fucking Amazon dildo savings right there. 20% off your order. Get it all. Get it at Dobbs. That's what I got. I, I, yeah, sorry. I blacked out there for a second. If you're in the Wichita area, please stop by. See Leslie and the rest of the gang at CD Trade Post, Pawnee and Seneca. Uh, <laughs> Pawnee and Seneca. Ken, thanks for joining us, buddy. And thank you for, um, hey. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for giving that uh, wonderful gift to your cousin there. He's going to love it. Oh, classic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. classic. You could probably drill a hole through yeah. it and use it for a straw. I mean, you know, I'm not psyche, but I have a feeling it's going to be used tonight on the special birthday. Yeah, you're, you're a real yeah. gift giver. <laughs> Someone's going to get it. Get all in the nooks and crannies and crevices is what you're telling me. Yep. I got you. I, yeah. read, I read what you're throwing yeah, down. There you well, go. Speaking, right. of, speaking of washing things, let's lift a glass and wash down this episode. Cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.